Lightning Lee Murray wanted to be world champion in the UFC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. He's definitely not sane. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. This is the sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount+. Plus. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello again, Broncos country, and welcome to another edition of the Orange Weekly pre-game podcast. Now, I gotta tell you. A lot of Broncos country, including most of us here at Orange Weekly, are pretty disappointed with the three losses in a row. And not just disappointed in the three losses in a row, but disappointed in the fact that those were winnable games. And we are heading into now a game that doesn't seem so winnable with the way that we've been playing in the past uh, past three games. As always, I'm joined by David. David, how are you feeling right now? How's Broncos country in your mind feeling right now? Real bad, Jared. Uh, we're doing real bad. Everybody's doing bad. I, I, I don't know if everybody's doing real bad, but I'm certainly not doing great. Um, you know, three disappointing weeks in a row, like you said. Um, you've got the Cleveland Browns coming up, one of the better teams in the AFC. Uh, your, you, your own team has been playing like one of the worst teams in the AFC uh, in the past three weeks. Uh, and the injury list is only growing longer. Um, there's not really, you know, we hate to go from, you know, we predict a win every week to there's no hope, but right now it's kind of at that point in the Broncos season where it doesn't feel like there's really much hope left as far as playoff potential, as far, as far as, you know, a real chance to compete for this team anymore. Um, so at this point, everybody's coaching for their jobs. There's reeks of desperation and that's a bad scene to be in in week seven you know it's it's not great um so yeah we'll get pretty deep we'll do a deep dive into this game but yeah it it might get ugly quick let's put it that way yep and uh unfortunately we're trying we're going to try to keep it on the positive side uh we'll find a couple positive things to talk about during this podcast but for now uh, grab a drink sit back relax and enjoy another episode of the orange weekly pregame podcast Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. All right. Well, here we are, David, as we talked about, very disappointed three weeks in a row, and we are heading into a game on a short week. So let's just be honest. The short week's are favorited for teams that are doing well. If they're playing well, things are firing all cylinders, short weeks are awesome because you can keep that momentum going. For teams that need a little assistance, especially in the health department, it's not a great time to have a short week. It's not a great time to turn around and have two practices, really full two practices, uh, and then play at their field on a Thursday night. The Browns are only favorited by four at home, uh, so they obviously think something of the Denver Broncos. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fight, David. Yeah, and uh, we'll see as that injury report um, 
gets gets going in the week, uh, that line may open up a little bit more in favor of the Browns uh, going forward here. Uh, maybe the only reason that that is somewhat even as it is as of now um, is that you have uh, just as many Browns on the injury report as you've got Broncos right now. Uh, both starting tackles, Jedrick Wills and Jack Conklin, uh, didn't practice today. Um, Coach Stefanski hasn't ruled them out yet for Thursday's game, but you know, not trending in the right direction for them. Uh, it was uh, also announced today that Kareem Hunt will not be playing in this game. Nick Chubb also has been ruled out. Uh, so we're down to our third string running back uh, for for the uh, for the Browns now. Um, Jarvis Landry may be back. Uh, I don't know. He's he's on injured reserve, so no, he won't be back either. Um, John Kelly has been signed to the, uh, to the active roster from the practice squad for the, for the Browns. Um, ooh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Owosikoromoa also put on the injured reserve for the Browns. Um, it's so, you know, it, it walking wounded everywhere in this game. It, it, it's one of those games where you look at that four point spread and you might start to think, well, maybe they just see an ugly game. Maybe they just see like a 17, 10 game where neither team looks good at all nobody can get really anything going and it's just, you know, a punt return for a touchdown or a kick return for a touchdown that makes the difference in the game. And, and that's what they're looking at right now. That would not surprise me at all. Yeah. You know, I I think that'd be unfortunate for NFL fans everywhere because every night game so far this year, we're now into week was this week seven. Every night game has been amazing. Like, I, I don't know if you saw the Sunday uh, last night, Monday night's game, uh, but that was just an amazing end, uh, yeah, and every absolutely. game has just been so good. All these night games, all the Thursday night games, has actually turned out pretty well. And it would be unfortunate if it was the Bronco game that was just like a snore fest, and everyone's mm. like, never put. And this is, I think, our only primetime game this year, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no Monday night so, games. This is it. This is our only night game. This is our only primetime game. So this is, <laughs> this might be really bad for Broncos uh, fans and country everywhere. If uh, if if we if we do hit the snooze button um, in Cleveland, but real quick, David, I'm going to take a uh, real quick pause. If you, you NFL fans, if you're hungry for a big win this week, which the Broncos may or may not get, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. This week, new customers can bet just five dollars on any any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you get two hundred dollars in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, that simple. You put $5 on any team to win. If they do win, you get $200 free. That's a huge payback uh, on a $5 bet. Obviously, if Sportsbook is not available in your state, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Free shot at millions of dollars in prizes on your first deposit for your daily fantasy sports contest. So this is what we need you to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and you win $200 in free bets if they win. You win with the promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 years or older, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager is required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. You got $5 to win $200. Are you putting the money on the Broncos this week? Nope. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't expecting that either. Yeah. yeah. So look, we, we might have a short podcast here. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mama said, "Mama said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all." So this this might be a little short, and and we're we're gonna bring it to you, Broncos country. Orange Weekly has always been here, and our motto is no BS. Uh, we're not gonna sit here and blow smoke up everybody saying that the Broncos can still go undefeated for the rest of the season and and win the AFC West, all this other stuff. This is a tough game, guys. AFC is is a tough conference, and the Cleveland Browns going to Cleveland is a is a tough time. So let's start on the offensive side of the ball, David. Struggling, right? Our offensive line struggling. Our quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, who looked real good through three games against crappy uh, teams, not looking so hot anymore. He's getting pressured a lot. There's a lot of pressure coming in from places. Uh, the Raiders didn't blitz much against us, and they were sending four, and they were still getting the pressure, which is just not what you want to see from our offensive line. Uh, what, what do you? Let's talk about the interior there. What are you thinking about our offensive line versus their defensive line? Because I think this is where, of all the discrepancies in the whole everywhere on the field, this is where they have the biggest advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, Teddy Bridgewater hit seventeen times against the Raiders uh this game this last game and we talked about it in the last pregame podcast and it came you know the negative side of our prediction came true is they they couldn't protect Teddy Bridgewater and the offense kind of fell apart and it's been a theme even in games that they've been winning they haven't been able to consistently protect um and it's gotten kind of worse as the season has gone along not better um at this point I don't even want you putting Teddy Bridgewater out there Honestly, <laughs> because if you uh, prediction right now, if you put him in this game against Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney, he will not finish. Uh, if you saw the video of him limping around practice today, uh, he is not healthy. It is very clear. Um, and yeah, it's it's not a good situation, I think, to put him out there. Um, I, I so think- do you think this coaching staff with their with their jobs on the line on a short week? Are gonna are gonna risk not putting Teddy out there? It's the I mean, if you do put him out there, that is the same level of desperation to me as you saw in those two challenges by Fangio against the Raiders. Same level of desperation. It's you know obvious that you should do one thing. You're gonna do another thing anyway because of wishful thinking, um, and it's not gonna turn out well for anybody. You're gonna lose a timeout, or in this case, you're starting quarterback for a longer period of time. I think than you would if you just sat him for this game. Uh, so that's that's a predi- you can call that a prediction right now. If Teddy Bridgewater starts this game, he's not going to finish it. Um, I I think you put Drew Locke out there and let the kid chuck it around and just see what happens because I don't think you're going to win this game really either way. Um, there's no sense in losing the quarterback who gives you the best chance to win for multiple weeks. I... I hate that prediction, man. I hate that prediction. But you know what? You're right. This this defensive line, Miles Garrett is playing lights out football right now. Um, talk about you know possible defensive player of the year type football right now. Uh, Jadavian Clowney, obviously, very very good football player. Even their interior line, Malik Jackson. Um, and, and here's and the Malik thing about yeah. And, and here's the thing about Jadavian Clowney. Something weird's happened. He started getting sacks in Cleveland, which he's never done anywhere else in his entire right. career. Um, so, you know, and against this offensive line, it's the kind of thing where you just you you know you're in for a long day. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, it's it just it's just rough. Uh, Massey was not playing good. Cushionberry, who we thought was going to take a huge leap this year, has just not been able to take that leap at the center position. Uh, Glasgow and Reisner having them back was nice. At this point, I would almost prefer Muti in there somewhere. Uh, if, Even if that Bowles. happens. Not playing that well right now. Yeah, Bull, you know, Bowles started getting a couple calls again, the stuff stuff that we saw from uh, years past. Uh, that It was just a tough game. Like, they sent four – Again, I'm not, I'm not being super negative here. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough sledding if we can't protect our quarterback this week. Quick stuff, uh, being able to push down the field is gonna be tough, which is going to play into their game plan um, with their secondary. Yep, absolutely. Um, now there's Greedy Williams, who's a name that we haven't heard in many many years, uh, out there playing very well at corner. Denzel Ward, we all know what he can do. Um, what what do we what do we have? Here's a matchup. Now I I will admit I still believe in our receiving core. I think if if Teddy Bridgewater is able to deliver the ball to our receiving core, they're going to be able to come down with it. We don't know what the status of Jerry Judy is. If we're going to have him back or not, probably not. You don't think? I hope not. A short week. I hope not. Uh, they do have a roster spot open after all of the transactions today. They let David Moore go. They still got John Brown on the team. Um, you know, he played a, a snapper too. Uh, but, um, what was I trying to say? Uh, so, you know, you've, you've still got a, a John Brown type of receiver in John Brown, somebody who can be that speed threat, hopefully to keep the defense honest. I don't know. You know, he's got two more days of practice than he had, you know, when he played a game last week. So I don't think you can really expect anything from him production wise. Uh, you know, if it's just Patrick and and Sutton out there again, I just I don't understand. I don't know where the production comes from in the offense because you saw both of those guys get a few catches for a few yards, but it wasn't enough to do anything for the offense until you know the game was already out of hand. Um, Which is something that we've seen two weeks in a row now. Like it, we're not even deciding to press the ball or get you know a sense of urgency until it's way too late. And and like I said, if if we couldn't take advantage of the d- defensive backs in the secondary of of the Raiders, there's no way we are going to be able to take advantage with less time to throw the ball and better coverage of of the Browns. I want to see it. I do. I, I guys, I'm not here to be negative. I want I want us to go out there and just just prove everybody wrong. But on paper. The last two games were very winnable. The Steelers and the Raiders were both games that we should have won on paper. but And th- and th- we couldn't. We couldn't get it done. We were just outmatched in every level of the game. And now we're going into a Cleveland Browns team who on paper look better. So I, I just don't have the highest highest hopes here. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I think we're on the same page there. And we'll get to uh, we'll talk about optimism right at the very end. Um, there's a you know, I want to talk about a specific scenario with you. Um, but okay. you know, uh, it's, it's it, the run game is, is how I think we win this game. Yeah. You know, I, I love it. And you know what? Javante Williams has been just absolutely, I think he's been showing Broncos country that he was absolutely deserved the, the second round pick us to trade up a little bit to get him. I love Javante Williams right now. I'm, I'm a, I'm on board. I'm on the Javante Williams train, man. <laughs> you and Kevin both baby. I love it. Yeah, um, and Melvin Gordon's playing well, but I get it. He just gives you a different dynamic when he's got the ball in his hands. Um, he's he's one of the few parts of this offense that's really working uh, in, in any in any way well. Um, but so yeah, feed him as much as you can. Um, 
is there anything else on offense? You know, what about these tight ends on offense? Is there anything you'd like to say about Noah Fant? You know, in a positive I'm glad, way. I'm I'm glad we finally started targeting him. I mean, mm-hmm. the balls that were thrown to him were caught, and he was getting up field when we finally decided to start getting him the ball. We just need to do it earlier and get him in first down situations. Get him down to the sticks. Get him ten yards downfield, fifteen yards downfield, and make sure that we can deliver the ball to him. Um, I I like the matchup. And I think I've liked it. I don't think there's a single linebacker in this league that can cover Noah Fant man on man. Yeah. Uh, mm. uh, Sione Taki Taki, I think is is how you pronounce that. Think, uh, actually yeah. has a decent pass coverage grade. He's got a decent speed. Um, but I still don't think he can cover Noah Fant man to man. Now, Noah Fant in pass blocking has been a liability. There's been a couple times uh, I saw in the Raiders game where he just completely missed his assignment. Uh, just kind of let someone go, just kind of gave him like a little shoulder shrug and just kind of let him go by. And that, that might be a problem, right? If we're trying to get a good look, uh, out of a tight end set of a, a play action, no one's going to, no one's going to care because no, no, no offense, not going to block anybody anyway. So on the yeah. negative side, I don't like Noah Fant and pass block on the, on the positive side. I like him against any one of their linebackers and passing. We just have to be able to get him the ball. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. All right. Let's switch it. Let's let's talk. Uh, let's talk our defense. And you know, again, we're trying to find nice things to say. This is a defense that's really underperforming right now, and that's not a nice thing to say, but it's a thing that needs to be said. You know, yeah. with a defensive coaching staff, and that's where your emphasis is supposed to be. What are you doing, guys? You've got all the talent in the world back there. You've got Pat Sertan, the rookie, looking the part. You've got Kyle Fuller, who's supposed to have been in this defense forever. You've had Bry- got Bryce Callahan, who played incredibly well last year. You've got Ronald Darby, who's always been really, really solid. Justin Simmons, who's you know an All Pro. Kareem Jackson, you know these are guys who you're supposed to be able to count on. Guys who have played, most of them are guys who have played in the system before. Uh, and you know every week you're seeing communications breakdowns or somebody being a step or two late on a play that leads to a 30-plus yard touchdown pass. Uh, you know, yeah. against a defense that's designed to stop those plays, specifically designed to keep those big plays from happening. You're supposed to give up the underneath stuff. You'll rally to the ball. You'll tackle to the ball. That's the Fangio defense. The, the deep stuff is supposed to be a non-starter, and they're giving it up consistently right now. Yeah, and you, most of those deep plays, when you're looking at those deep plays, depending on what your coverage is, in this defensive system, you have to blame the safeties. And I hate to do it, man. I hate to do it. I love Justin Simmons. I love what he does. I love what he stands for. But, man, it, a lot of those big, big, deep plays were his responsibility. And as as a leader of that defense, him and Kareem Jackson really need to get that communication down with the rest of these guys. I okay. get it. The other two, Darby, Fuller, hadn't didn't play for us last year. Sertan, rookie, didn't play for us last year. Those were the only two receive, like re- returning guys from our, our core last year. Bryce Callahan are injured for, like, ever. Yeah, they need. They're the ones that we that they're the ones that if I'm going to point fingers, I want to point fingers at. Like obviously, there's some coaching issues here, but they're the ones that need to be rallying this defensive backfield, and they're not. And not only that, but they're letting up the big plays as well. I'd like to see a big bounce back game from them. Yeah, after two weeks, after two weeks in a row of letting up 300 something yards, three weeks in a row of letting up way too many yards over the air, I I would love to see a bounce back. To, uh, time from this this defensive back especially against you know we're talking about baker mayfield who's playing very well odell beckham jr he's finally starting to catch some stuff he's not making one-handed catches but he's starting to make some plays 
Um, and uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who is somebody that nobody really expected uh, coming out here and playing pretty decently well. And, of course, they have Austin Hooper at the tight end who can who can make plays. And Baker Mayfield is playing to see the field just the way Derek Carr was last week. Yeah. This is They're almost identical types of quarterbacks it's if if he can read the same way Derek Carr is, we might be in trouble. But I'd like to see a big bounce get back game from our secondary. Well, and it's you know it, it's the kind of thing where unfortunately the secondary has been impacted by the line play, just like on the offense. the The line play has not been great, and you haven't really had any big time injuries other than Bradley Chubb there. Um, but you know there has not been a significant pass rush. Um, you know, especially in the last game, there was really no pass rush to speak of. Um, th- you know, Von Miller's not getting home as much anymore. You know, Malik Reed's not really producing. You know, Draymond Jones is doing a good job, but he's not that elite Chris Jones type of guy. Um, he, he may not be that guy. We all were kind of hoping he would develop into that kind of weapon this uh, this season. It just happened, hasn't happened yet. He's been a consistent producer. But there hasn't been a consistent pass rush from a four-man rush from this Broncos team really at all this season. I don't know if you have to start fixing that with more blitzes. I don't know what you have to do if you're Vic Fangio. Um, you know, your inside linebackers now are one short. Alexander Johnson goes on the on the injured reserve today, and they elevate Curtis Robinson uh, from the practice squad to the active roster. So you've got Justin Strenad, who was kind of a question mark already, and then a you know big-time question mark there. You know, yeah, it gives you problems in the run fit. It gives you problems deciding who's going to be blitzing the quarterback when you do decide to send extra pressure. It it's you know, and it gives you problems against a Stefanski offense who, even without you know Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, like you said, you you still got Austin Hooper at tight end, and you've got a guy who knows how to run really creatively. He knows how to run the Shanahan offense. He knows how to do those outside zone things. If you don't have quarterbacks who or, or I'm sorry, linebackers who know their gaps and know their assignments really, really well on these complicated run plays, it doesn't really matter who Cleveland has at running back. They're going to have a guy who can find that hole uh, and be 10, 15 yards down the field consistently. Yeah, it's the fit-fill position. And and like you said, that second linebacker, both of our starting linebackers done for the season with the exact same injury, both torn pecs. It's yeah. it, Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson. That's that's just huge for this defense. And th- those two have been the rock for this defense for the last two years. Uh, that's rough. And then Baron Browning, who we picked up in the draft, somebody who we expected probably kind of step up in that inside linebacker position. He has been playing that inside linebacker position uh, sparingly. Also injured. Uh, our injury depth on the linebacking position was basically our injury depth on the cornerback position last year has just turned into linebacking position this year, the inside linebacker. We just cannot keep anybody healthy in there. And it's a big question mark. I don't even, I honestly don't even know who's going to play that position to start. Yeah. I, right. Right now. It's a good question. Um, you know, Baron Browning's dealing with a concussion, so he's probably out for this yeah. game. Um, it's just another one of those short week. You had two or three injuries at the same position. And now what do you do? Um, you just kind of ha- gotta hope that that guys something comes together there. Um, yeah. You know, you kind of hope that the pass rush flips a switch this week. You know, it's the kind of week where we're going in and we're saying, oh, the the Browns might be without their starting tackles. It might be a bad offensive line, but we've had a quote unquote bad offensive line to play against 
for the last three weeks, really. Uh, you know, the Ravens down guys, the, the Steelers haven't been good all season. Uh, you know, the Raiders, we've been talking about how bad they've been on the offensive line. doesn't seem to matter. They all ha- seem to have their best game against the Broncos. And, so, you know, you just you, hopefully that doesn't continue this week. Um, you know, I'll tell you, if they start gashing us with those seven or eight yard runs, that's all Stefanski will do all night. And yeah. it's going to be really, really painful for us to watch. So. It's going to be a long day. They're going to control the clock, control the time of possession, and still score every time yeah. they get to touch the ball. Absolutely. Uh, I think I think our def- I do believe our defensive line um, is is a good run stop. You know, it, it was something that, something that we didn't really see against Pittsburgh for some reason. Um, but against against uh, the Raiders, our run our run stop is still pretty good, pretty decent. Uh, it's it's our pass rush and our secondary that's really concerning me specifically through these last three games. And like yeah. I said, the Pittsburgh game, the run, the run was concerning me too. I think we can stop the run. I don't think they have their top guys out there. I think we can stop the run at the line of scrimmage. Um, again, I, if we need to get pressure on Baker Mayfield, turnovers are going to be what makes the difference for this game. Let's talk positive. If we want to win this game, turnovers, we have to win the turnover battle. If we can win the turnover battle by two turnovers I think we're in this game pretty decently but if we can't win the turnover battle or if, if there's no turnovers on either side I don't see us coming out on top here unless we can get like you said a big play if yeah. we can take advantage of some big play somewhere then I'd, I'd love it right a jump ball to to Cortland Sutton on the outside or something along those lines just to get downfield um those are those are going to be what we need to do because ground and pounds going to be difficult um and and their their air attack has been successful against better secondaries. Let's be honest. So yeah, absolutely. And so and this is what I I did earlier in the in the Triple B show. Um, I put out this scenario: the Broncos have won the football game thirty-one to seventeen. It's Friday morning, and that was the final score. How did that happen? And my scenario was a lot like you just laid out. On defense, the Broncos win the turnover margin by at least plus one, I said. And they have 200 yards rushing. That's how, at least if they have 200 yards or more rushing and they win that turnover battle, they win this game, I think. They can win this game. Um, I don't see it as terribly likely. Um, We talked kind of ad nauseum about the weaknesses of the Broncos coaching staff at this point versus every other I mean, you know, you, you lost to an interim head coach and a guy who'd never called play, who hadn't called plays for three years um, right. yesterday or yesterday, this last weekend. So it's, you know, at this point, you've got to figure that most teams, if not all in the NFL, have a coaching advantage against the Broncos right now. But right. if they can somehow manufacture those things this, this, this Thursday night, they've got a fighting chance better than fighting chance. Yeah, I I agree. I think I think the plus two of the turnover battle is important. Mm-hmm. Whether it be a misstep, a fumble recovery, an interception, I'd love to see an interception. We haven't seen one of those in a while um, since week three. Yeah. So, um, I'd love to see an interception. I'd love to see another strip. Right, we got a strip sack against Big Ben uh, on a on a coverage sack. Right, because yeah. we just weren't we weren't getting pressure, and we still haven't been able to get pressure on quarterbacks. Um, we might be able to get there this week, uh, but you know I say that every week. But I, I think we get there. Make him make a mistake, get a pick. You know, maybe Pat Sertan can get one up there because he's actually playing decent coverage. Uh, other than that, yeah, I, I I like your idea of running the ball on the offensive side. I do. If we can get 200 yards, I, I think I saw a, a pro football stat on uh, Twitter or wherever I saw it. 
where Javante Williams is the only player to rush more than three times of 30 plus yards, something along those lines, um, which is awesome. And, you know, he's got the big play capability to get downfield. We've seen it. He's hurdling people. Uh, he's making he's making big cuts. He's making big plays, making people miss. You know, maybe Melvin Gordon breaks off a big one somewhere random, uh, you know, gets just hits the hole and it just happens to be there for 30, 40 yard touchdown, whatever the case is. I'd love to see a couple of those. That'd be awesome. And again, if, you know, a good run game sets up the pass game and we can get there. We just haven't seen it in the last couple of weeks. Maybe that's why I'm a little like skeptical about it, but I think, I think it's possible. I think it's yeah. there. Yeah, it's possible. I just, it, and that's another problem we talked about is it's been possible this whole time. It's been possible with right. this coaching staff. They just, and they do it sometimes and then never follow up on it. They never right. build on it that next week with another kind of performance. It's always one step forward, two steps back kind of thing. And yeah. So, you know, and, or if I remember correctly, a lot of those like big run plays, it would be a big run play and then a three and out. It'd be like a, penalty, a big run play and then, or a penalty know, or something yeah. that backs us out. And it's like, well, okay, that was great to watch for that time. But now what? You right. know, we're, now we're punting and it really didn't change the field position at all. Now with today's punters, the field yeah, position really. isn't a big a big thing. We can punt yeah. from our own 20-yard line and get it down to their 20. So, yeah. Yeah, the uh, – um... Final thought is that uh, I don't know if Baker Mayfield practiced today. Um, it, it, it turns out he does. He did. Um, you know that the injury to the non-throwing shoulder has been pretty bad. Um, he's been playing playing through it. But if for some reason the Cle- Cleveland brass decides not to put him out again behind a shaky offensive line on a short week, and we see Case Keenum come in and light up the freaking Broncos defense for four touchdowns. Man, I don't know. I don't Why know. would you see? I, I thought you were going to go the yeah. other way, and then we see Case Keenum come out there, just get destroyed by his old team. That would have been good. Nah, yeah, but but you know how this this team's luck is going lately, and it's not going to be Ugh. Case Keenum comes out and gets destroyed by his old team. Just saying, I I don't want it to happen either, Broncos country. I'm just trying to emotionally prepare you for what could be, because you know the Broncos like to just get into these worst case scenarios sometimes. And just well, and then and down. then you talked you talked about it. What what if it's Drew Locke versus Case Keenum on Thursday Night Football? Ooh, <laughs> Ooh. that's how you get a seventeen ten snoozer. That's how it happens, guys. Right that's now, that's how that's how the NFL loses viewers. Not not all the political drama. This is nope. it. This, this is, is it. so. You're telling me your best thing you could put on a Thursday night was Drew Locke versus Case Keenum. That's all we got, guys. LOL. Can't, can't. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. But Jerry Judy's going to play. Well. All right, all right. Bradley Chubb, though, right? Well. Mm. <laughs> Nick Chubb, though. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the announcer's sitting there like, give me a storyline, anything other than this. <laughs> Something. The NFL stars are aligning. Well, not stars. Maybe like yeah. like Comets. Or, or like, what's Pluto it'll be, now? What is that it'll, it'll be, as? It'll be eight hours. It'll be, or it'll be three hours of uh, who they used to be uh, with Von Miller and Odell Beckham. <laughs> All right. On that extremely happy note, let's get into some score predictions, although I'm sure we'd probably not, probably rather not. Um, yeah. Well, you know what? I, I've We've scored predicted for the Broncos last three weeks and have been wrong. So maybe my score prediction for the Browns this week will uh, also be wrong. And uh, and maybe they'll go, but yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking Browns win this, just like the other games. I think they get out handily, twenty eight to 10, 28, 
fourteen or twenty eight twenty maybe if we like at the very end take what you you just guessed three scores and all of them were right in the range of what I was going to guess I was yeah also going it's, to it's say. just gonna be. I, and the only reason I kept going up is because there's a chance that we decide to start playing in the fourth quarter again mm-hmm. and go down to score a meaningless touchdown and try to pretend like we're a good team. Right, make it a uh, one-touchdown game instead of a three-touchdown game, which it was until, you know, midway through the third quarter, fourth quarter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, that, I agree. 28-17, something in that range. It's it's probably, it's just, it's not going to look good for Broncos country. We're going to be back here next week. Talking about how bad it looks again, and but at least you know you get Jerry Judy off the IR for the Washington football team game. That game looks winnable. Uh, I don't want to look too far ahead there, but it kind of stinks to be you know three weeks ago we were three and zero, and now we're talking about which games look potentially winnable, winnable instead yeah. of which games we are going to win. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, the last two weeks we thought we were going to win. So yeah, well, look at that! Look how that turned out. All right, Jared. Uh, well, we've been negative enough. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's give them let's give them a, a hearty hearty goodbye uh, to to let them know that we've turned everything around and we're still rooting for the boys. What do you say? Hey, always win, always. lose, or die. We will be here. Orange Weekly is going to be here forever. Well, let's just let's just finish it off with a hearty go, go Broncos. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.